I have a question for you. Did you eat your placenta? I'm going to read all the text message. It says, I'm on this call and the bitch has walked away three times. I'm giving her three minutes and I'm hanging up. When I went to go send these new nude pictures of myself, I accidentally sent them to my dad and I just about died. We did a gender reveal. My husband and my son and my oldest daughter were set. It was going to be a boy and another girl. The door knocks and in walks the most gorgeous dermatologist doctor you have ever seen in your whole life. Hi, I'm Heather. And I'm Shannon. And we are two women here sharing inspiring stories about fearless females to help encourage you to live your life unapologetically. Welcome to the Unapologetically Me podcast. Ladies, on today's show, we are going to be talking about some stuff that's totally embarrassing, totally mortifying, and some real stuff like we always do. Have you ever accidentally sent a text message to the wrong person and been totally mortified? I even know people who've been fired over this. We're going to be covering that on today's show, as well as a couple other fun things. How are you today, Shannon? I am doing great. How are you? Good. So something crazy happened yesterday. I have to tell you about, um, well, first of all, I posted on social media this like huge gash in my arm because I recently just had a skin cancer removed from my arm. So if you're listening to this, this is your friendly reminder to make sure to go to your dermatologist and get checked annually. Have you ever had skin cancer or had so I wanted. Like- I want to talk about this. First of all, your picture looks way worse than I expected. And I'm sure that doesn't make you feel good, but dang, it looks way worse than I expected. Um, So my mom had something similar last year and I keep telling myself, oh my gosh, I need to go get checked, but I've also been pregnant. So for so freaking long, I've been waiting for that to pass. Um, But I want to know what actually happens. Do you go like lay on the table naked and they cover your whole body or like what what happens when you go get this check from the dermatologist? Okay. So funny story. I go in and I'm always like, before I get checked, I shave my legs. Right. Cause I'm like, I don't want, I get so like embarrassed. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to like go in there and then look and be like, Oh my gosh, she has such hairy legs. Well, I went in for a new, um, dermatologist. Cause my mom was like, Oh yeah, you got to go see this dermatologist. He does a really good, like thorough skin check." So I'm like, okay. So I go in and I make sure to shave before, because I don't know, I just do that. And they put you in a gown. And I'm already like, I don't know. It's so weird. Cause like I literally used to do porn. And so you would think like Shannon's not very shy when it comes to like, you know, getting naked and stuff. But like, yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's like under these like really horrible lights, you know, when you go in and they like go in like all close with the light and in. Okay. So then the door knocks and in walks the most gorgeous dermatologist doctor you have ever seen in your whole life. And I literally, probably my face turned bright red because I'm like, no, 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 you are not looking at my body with that light. Like there's (laughs) no way. Send me in somebody else that is not as good looking as you. I was like literally sweating. I was sweating. Um, as he was like checking my body, but yeah, they basically go in and they check everywhere. Like they check your butt. He like lifts up your butt cheek to like, look, to make sure there's nothing under there. Oh my gosh. (sighs) 
I wish I would have like self-tanned or something before I went in. I was like so pasty white and no makeup. And it was just really kind of embarrassing. But then I was like, ooh, I hope I have something so I can come back and see this haughty doctor. <laughs> so I feel that way about birthing a baby, which is like a different topic, but it's the same thing. They have these giant bright lights like yes. staring down at you, right? And then for your husband, they're like, come look at this. And you're like, don't go look at that. I need you to look at me in a different way. Not as this like whatever's about to happen. And then like everything's torn open and like some women tear, some don't. Then you got to be stitched up. And then, dude, people do not like I can't believe I'm saying this on like something that's going to be out to the public. But people do not talk about this enough. You like after they do that, you feel like you have balls. They're like that area of your body is so swollen where they've stitched you up. It's like crazy. Okay. Did you tear when you had babies? Oh yeah. I had a third degree tear. It was awful. Exactly. And so nobody tells you about this part. There's so many parts that people don't tell you about with being pregnant. One of the parts they don't tell you about, my mom talks about how when she had kids, they like cut you instead of you tearing now they let you tear um and then they sew you back up well i didn't have an epidural or any kind of pain meds when i had this last baby and so that also means you tear with no pain meds and then you get sewn up with no pain meds being sewn up was worse than pushing the baby out it's like yeah. totally insane but the point that i'm telling back to your story is there's these bright lights and all these people like staring at your stuff and then my <laughs> husband's down there like inspecting the placenta because he's Wait, like in what? the he's like in the medical field he's a physical therapist so he likes to think of the medical stuff and so he's like him and the nurse or the midwife are like inspecting the placenta. I'm like, get away from all of that. What are you doing? Like, leave it alone. He's like, get away from my placenta. Don't you look at that. <laughs> He's like, look at the color. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Wait, so I have a question for you. Did you eat your placenta? No, I know lots of people do where they do like gap capsule things. I didn't do any of that. So I got my placenta <laughs> encapsulated and it was really actually pretty fascinating. First of all, that thing, I don't know if anybody has actually seen their placenta. I'm sure people that like have had natural births see it. Um, but like, that is like a huge chunk of meat that like huge. grows. Yeah. It's like enormous. And like, you, you don't realize, I didn't even realize it. My first three kids, I don't know why I didn't see that then. I think it's because the, the, the labor and delivery was so bad and I was in such bad shape that I didn't like I didn't have the energy to pay attention to that. Or maybe it's because I didn't have a husband who was obsessed with it, staring at it. Um, but like, it's enormous. I had no idea. Like, that's why my belly was so big. Or at least that's what I'm telling myself is this giant placenta in there. And isn't it like the one organ that like you pass through? Because it's considered an organ, right? Girl, don't give me line. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I feel like it might be an organ that like grows when you're having a baby and then you like pass it. And it's like the one thing. Okay. So going back to eating your placenta, I heard because when I had my first baby, I was like, I felt horrible afterwards. Like legitimately, like I thought I was dying. I was like, um, yeah, I don't know. This does not feel right. Like I, I don't know what was wrong with me. I don't know if like I lost so much blood or like, anyway, I had heard that if you eat your placenta or like mixed it into a smoothie or whatever, that it makes you like feel a lot better because it replaces all the nutrients that you lost. So for my second baby, 
I was like 110%. I'm eating them. I'm eating my placenta because I felt so horrible the last time. I want to feel better this time. So I ended up having it encapsulated. In fact, it was a sponsored thing. They like reached out and they were like, Hey, we'll do it for free in exchange for content. And I was like, awesome. And so they have someone like come to the hospital and pick it up in like a refrigerated thing. It was like so fancy. And then they take it back to like their- transplanting, like transporting an organ. Yeah, exactly. It's the craziest thing. And then what was really cool that I, that they actually did was they clean it off and then they make like an art piece out of your placenta. So they like paint on the outside and then they imprint it onto like a piece of paper. So you can save it as like art for your wall. I personally think that's like so cool. I like that weird kind of stuff. Um, so I have like a art print of my placenta on the wall. And then they take like the actual umbilical cord and they turn it into a Christmas ornament. Um, and like, in, in what? like gold around it. Yeah. It's actually really cool. And then they I have never heard of that. I know. And then they take your placenta, they, you know, like dry it out, whatever, and put it into these like encapsulation pills. And it's really crazy because, um, Courtney Kardashian just had this done with the same company and they had just posted about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's the same place that did mine. So I'm like feeling like I didn't, uh, you know, I went through like a, a reputable company if she's using it, but I, I could not bring myself to eat those placenta pills. I couldn't do it. And so for people who don't know what we're talking about, cause they're not crazy crunchy moms like we are, um, you eat the pills almost like taking a vitamin and what are supposed to be the benefits of those Shannon? So it's supposed to be like replacing a lot of the nutrients that you lose, like when you give birth. So, um, you know, a lot of people, uh, lose like a lot of like iron and blood. And so I think, I don't know, it's like all the good nutrients that are, you're basically replacing back in and people literally swear by that. Wait, so are, are you going to do it with this baby? Nope. Well, do you think, do you <laughs> so think just, it's kind of weird or what? Well, I don't know. So I just Googled it and it, the placenta is a vital fetal organ. So you're right. It's an organ. Um, I don't know. It just wasn't on my list of things to do. Maybe I need to look in it a little, look into it a little bit more. Well, um, like, would you take it home and like plant a tree underneath it or do something like special with it? <laughs> Y'all. So I may like appear feminine in my look and in my background here, but my like emotional, um, like side of me and like sentimental and empathy does not weigh on the feminine side. It like, doesn't I exist. Is it just not there? Yeah, I have, I have zero of that. I like don't care. I don't have that. Like I do with like my kids thinking of them as babies and like, I don't want them to grow up because I'm like that part of the motherly part of it but I don't have those like characteristics we've talked about this before on the show um with um us having a life and relationship therapist and her telling me that I, I was too much on the masculine side and that I wasn't going to be able to find a relationship because of that um I just have a husband who has a lot more feminine energy and not in like a he's feminine kind of way but in he's um a lot he's um Oh, y'all, I'm not cutting up the right words, but like he's patient and he's um, really sweet to the kids and like fills that like role that I don't have with that. I'm more of the dad in that in that that's sense. So, so it's a really good. Yeah, it's a really good balance. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful that you guys balance each other out in that way. And it's OK. Like 
it's fine, right? Like I, I feel like people expect that you're supposed to be like that because you're a woman, but if you're not, it's okay. Especially when your husband has those qualities, you guys just like match each other so equally. And I feel like the same way with Travis a little bit, you know, like there's a lot of things that, um, our husbands both do better than us when it comes to caring for the children. And I feel like at the end of the day, culturally they're called like motherly characteristics or whatever, which isn't necessarily the case. Right. Or the roles that are expected of the father. Speaking of which, um, we found out the gender this week. I can't, for those of you who had babies like eight or nine years ago, you find out so much sooner now. When I was pregnant with my first, who is 11, um, you didn't find out till like 22, three, four weeks when you find out with an ultrasound. Now you can take a test at 10 weeks. It's like a blood test. They draw your blood and they find out some other stuff through that test, but, and they tell you what the gender of the baby is. Um, so they do draw the blood. It takes a week to two to find out. So we found out on Monday. And Tuesday. you did a gender reveal. One day this week. We did a gender reveal. I knew before because like with no one lives near us. It's not like I was going to have someone go pick up a piece of paper and like do this. But no one else knew. And my husband and my son and my oldest daughter were set. It was going to be a boy. I was excited to have a girl. and. It's another girl. Ah, that's so funny. I'm so excited you're having a house full of girls. So much femininity in that house. But I thought you were going to have a boy too. I think everyone did. Everyone but me. (laughs) You had that like instinct like you knew. Yeah. And then my mother-in-law's like, did y'all not pray for a boy before this? You're like, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) Like, no, I wanted a girl. (laughs) So So curious. um, in their culture, um, your husband's culture, is it, uh, is that like, cause China's totally separate, right? Like where they do like the, like they, they want a boy. Well, his dad's family is from China. So like the culture of their family is a little, so they're from Singapore, like they're Singapore citizens. His dad's family is from China. They moved to Singapore during one of the wars. I'm stuck at their history, but, um, all the family businesses and things that they have are in China. His dad lives most of the time in China because his businesses are there. The mom is in Hong Kong and from Australia and Hong Kong. So her stuff's a little different than his. They also speak Cantonese versus uh, Mandarin. So my husband speaks both Cantonese and Mandarin because he's both sides of the family. have got both going on. Yeah. Okay. So when you're asking about the Chinese part of it um, with, the stuff that we as Americans know that like they don't want girls and like all the girls that were adopted in America because they were like getting rid of the baby girls. I don't know much about that. I need to ask. But he's not like that, right? Like he wasn't like, oh, I want a boy. And no, I think his more of like, I want a boy came from like my first, my first three kids are with my ex-husband. Um, and so him and I have one daughter. That's his only child. So I think it was more of just like, Heather's getting older. I'm 39. Like, I don't really want to have one more baby after this. So like, let's have a boy and a girl and like, I'll have both and get it over with more of that kind of attitude. As for me, I'm honestly just really happy that the rest of the test results came back that there's like very low risk for like down syndrome and some of the other things that could be an issue. Um, cause I have so many kids at this point, it doesn't really matter. Um, (laughs) 
I know. I feel kind of bad when I asked. I was like, oh, like, when's your appointment? Because I was like so excited for you. But I, I feel bad because I always ask like, I'm like, oh, we want to know what the gender is. But I know that that tests like tests for other like way more important things like, yeah. you know, like health wise. So I feel bad that I didn't ask like if the test came back like, okay, rather than like, oh. I don't like think people think of that as much, right? Because um, everyone's always excited about the gender. Like that's what they want yeah. to find out. Am I having a girl or a boy? I'm like, yay, I don't have to buy anything else. I've got all these girl <laughs> clothes already. We are set. I need diapers and formula. Oh, speaking of like girls mm. and having a girl, I when I think of this, I just can't help but to think of our girls retreat that's coming up. So if you guys are listening and maybe you are new, Heather puts on the most amazing freaking retreats ever, ever. And if you have ever wanted to go to a retreat, you need to come to ours because for one, they're just like the best ever. But actually I have a question before we get into like what the retreat consists of and that I'm doing, I'm hosting a content camp, which I'm very excited. Um, but I like, how did you even come up with the idea of doing these retreats? I'm curious. You know, I think it's the same as all of my ideas. Um, even getting married for me was like, oh, I'm getting married. It's not like this like well-planned out thing. Um, I am mildly impulsive. <laughs> and so after I started social media, which I think December is three years. I need to count. I don't know if it's two or three. I think it's three. Um, I It was June after I had started in um, December. And the whole reason for me starting social media was I really wanted to be able to empower women to be financially free. I feel like there's so many women who are in really bad marriages, meaning like abuse and um, like cheating and just really bad situations. And they can't get out because they don't know how to take care of themselves. I also think that when you watch too many Disney movies as a little girl, you're like always searching for this prince. And you think that like the highlight of your life is finding your prince and some women, especially where I live in South Florida, probably LA too, um, it's all about finding their rich husband. And they they put a lot of weight on how much money that man makes on their de decision factor. And I wanted to teach women to be, you be the rich husband. You're the one who's going to be able to make that money if it's something that you're truly interested in. So I started posting on social media about real estate and all this stuff, but as a result of being that type of woman, I didn't have a lot of girlfriends. I hadn't figured out how to meet people who were interested in the same kind of things I was and having the same types of conversations. I was feeling like I wasn't connecting with the people that I grew up with or you know, hung out with in college. And I really wanted to meet some other women. So by June, my social media account had started to grow. It wasn't anything huge, but I was like, I'm going to have a retreat. I want to meet all these women in person. Like I keep talking to them online. I want to meet everyone in person. So I had my first retreat like a month after I thought of it. Um, my marketing team's like, Heather, we cannot plan a retreat. I'm like, I can. So by <laughs> June, like, yeah, like within a month, I'd planned this retreat. The first one had like 18 girls at it. Super wait, fun. We stayed wait. at a cabin in the mountains. Your first retreat had 18 yeah. girls. How did you find all of these girls? Are these women? They were girls that that followed me on social media. A couple of them are girls who are still in the mastermind. Actually, um, the next episode that comes out next week has Summer and Elena on it, who are some of my favorite girls. They were at my first retreat. Um, and Kobe, who runs our Bible study, was at my first retreat. Um, so there were girls women, that were following or, me. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that those three women are freaking amazing. 
I don't know how you They're attract amazing. like these people that are just so freaking awesome. I, there were some really great girls that showed up to that first retreat and we had this perfect mix and it wasn't as planned out as the ones are now. It was a lot more casual. Um, but there was this perfect mix between like this girls weekend where you just hang out with a bunch of girls and chit chat like we do on this podcast. Um, and then also like we have education mixed in because we have speakers and topics. We do hot seats where like we talk about how to improve your business moving forward. Like it's just this really amazing like mix between like fun girls weekend and conference. And I think something that was like something that stood out to me so much at our last retreat was that you had said that people or something that you say a lot that I, I always ha have like held on to is that you're not failing. You're just giving up too soon. And that is something that you had spoken about at our last retreat you said because we see you and we're like oh my god these retreats are so freaking amazing like they're so successful there's so many women that come like you just do such a good job but people don't see how where it started so do you want to touch on that a little bit because you said like that your first couple i don't think were as successful or, or how did that just take us back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it was the women's masterminds that I was talking about. I started over three times before the mastermind was finally successful. Like, and when I say started over, like you'll start something one way and you need to adjust a little bit and do it differently. You need to rebrand. You need to have different offerings. You need to hire new coaches. Like we started over, totally started over from scratch three different times um, before it was actually something that was successful. And now the mastermind has hundreds of women and we do these really amazing retreats and everything's great. But like you said, on the outside, looking in, you don't realize how many times I failed before, um, it was actually successful. So I always say, um, you are not failing. You're just giving up too soon. Do not give up. And what I'm super excited about for this next one, which is in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, February 29th through March 2nd, is we've decided to change it up a little bit because that's what I'm constantly doing. And we're having a bonus add-on day where people can come a day early if they want a little more education than they've been getting. Um, and we're doing three different workshops. So you don't, you know, a lot of times when you go to this stuff, you'll hear a speaker for like 30 minutes or maybe an hour and you get like a broad overview of why the topic they're teaching you about is amazing, but you don't actually learn how to execute on it. So we're doing three hour workshops. Um, Shannon and I came up with the idea of content camp. So Shannon's going to be teaching for three hours, like start to finish how you do content on social media, how you grow your social media account. She's even going to help like create some videos with everybody before they leave so that they have something to post. And I'm so excited about content camp. I know. I am like so super excited. I'm like, I really want to make like sweaters. I'm like, can we do something extra <laughs> so we could have like matching sweaters? Yes, I do. I think that that would be so fun. But I'm really, really looking forward to it because um, one, I've never taught like other than the other retreats, like I've never done like a full three hour, like in person. And I feel like uh, it's going to like provide so much, I'm able to provide so much more value in person, like with people. And I think it's going to be so, so fun. So I'm like really looking forward to it. And I think that there's so much. Power. I agree. And part of the part that's going to be great about that is like you learn all these things at, at, in a conference, but then you go home and you have these notes and you might not look over them. 
And in your content camp, you're actually going to make the video with them so that they have it and can post it right then and there if they want to, so that there's no like waiting to take action when you get home. Yeah, I think it's like a hands-on workshop where we're actually going to do the thing because it's one thing to like learn online, but when you're able to like actually do it, for me, I feel like you learn so much better that way. And so um, I am going to actually make them post like while they're there. Like I want them to walk away with having already had posted something online, knowing like they can do it and it's not that hard. Get their momentum going. Build out their content calendar for the month. Like they're ready to execute. Yeah. And everyone there is going to learn how to collaborate with other people while they're there. They'll be able to like all follow each other. So they're going to get way more followers. So I'm, I'm just like really super looking forward to it. I think it's going to be so much fun. So am I. Really we have affordable. two. It is. It's like 300 bucks for the And people can come even if they don't do the retreat. So if, if you don't want to go to the actual retreat, but you're near the Florida area, um, you know, you can sign up for that and it's $300, right? To sign up for the workshop for three hours. That's a really good deal. Exactly. And there's two other workshops that day. If you don't want to just come for one, you could pay for each workshop or just come to one. Um, we're starting out the morning with, uh, raising private money. That's been a huge, um, request for people. Everyone's talking about raising private money right now. And so Amy Mahori, who is like the queen of raising private money is coming to teach a three hour workshop on that. And then I'm also teaching a three hour workshop on RV parks and we're going to have a full day. And then after that, we're going to have a super fun girls night because we will have learned so much. It's time to do something exciting. Speaking of which, with business stuff. So with business stuff um, and the women's mastermind, about two, it's maybe been three weeks by now, um, I decided to outsource some of my sales. Um, My mom does the majority of my sales and I decided to outsource part of it. And so we hired a company, they trained some sales reps and they're actually, they've been doing an amazing job. They have brought on a ton of new members in the last couple of weeks and it's going really well. But today, right before we started this, I got a DM that one of the girls was on the call with one of the sales reps and the sales rep accidentally um, text messaged the girl instead of her friend. I'm going to read you all the text message. It says, I'm on this call and the bitch has walked away three times. I'm giving her three minutes and I'm hanging up. No way. Holy crap, y'all. Like, how do you text message, like, someone that, like, at your job, a potential customer? Like, what? Oh, wait. So she she accidentally texted the girl that she was on the call with? The girl that she was on the call with instead of her friend that she was trying to text or her whoever she was trying to text. So wait, how did you find out? Because the girl DM'd me. And what sucks even more is the poor girl like in the because a lot of times like that's how we get leads like people send me a dm and she's like um i want to be very transparent i'm trying to leave my job because i really want to get rid of the backstabbing toxic cultural uh corporate environment and just find some girlfriends that i can truly relate to and then this happens on the sales call i'm like dude that could not have been any worse so wait so what i'm back to back with meeting so I'm back to back with meetings today. As soon as they're done, I'm going to call her um, and see what I can do 
invite maybe invite her to the retreat for free or something I don't know but no, that's totally uh, yeah sucks. like I definitely think you should so if that girl is listening right now I promise you that is not this this like we're so much fun I'm yeah there's so none sorry. <laughs> but wait are we firing so sorry at outdoor sales the I need to send messages and I've already messaged like, cause I don't manage them. Right. That's outsourced. Um, they have a boss. I deal with their boss, the owner of the company. Um, so it's probably professional for me to communicate with him. So, and this literally happened as I was starting the call with you. So I've sent him the messages from my DM when the, when the call's over, I will, okay, when the yeah. recording session is over to be determined. Have you ever sent somebody a message on accident like that? Oh my gosh. You have no idea. Okay. Literally the most mortifying text message that I had accidentally sent to somebody was my dad. And this was back in the day when I used to do porn and my manager at the time, it's so funny. Cause like, this is so weird and random, but like, you know how people need like updated headshots? <laughs> for like certain oh things. God, well, we do updated <laughs> naked shots for things. Cause they want to make sure like, I know this sounds really bad, but they want to make sure like you haven't gained weight or got a new tattoo or something before they hire you for like a, you know, their movie. So I had to, my manager is like, Hey, I need you to send me, um, you know, a couple nudes. And literally they're like me posing all sexy naked, the front, the back, the side, all the things. And I, and so my manager's name is Derek. And I have my dad in the phone as dad. So it's both under D. And so when I went to go send these new nude pictures of myself, I accidentally sent them to my dad and I just about died. I've never felt so more no, Shannon. in my whole no. entire life. I was like going like this to my phone. I'm like, no, 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 go back. Like, how do I not? And this was before you could oh. like re-delete, you know, like you couldn't delete a text like back then. So oh I was my like, gosh. What did he say? I I literally What did you say? So this is what I did. I called my dad like immediately. And I'm like, "Dad, I'm really sorry, but I accidentally sent you some really bad pictures. I didn't mean to send those to you. Can you just give them to somebody else to delete on your phone?" And he's like, "I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything." I'm like, "I know he saw it. He was just trying to make me feel better." But yeah, that was like the most horrifying thing ever. Did oh, he already God. know that that's what you did for a living? So my dad did know. Did I tell you the story of how he found out I did porn? Like how he... No. So, okay. My dad is an electrical contractor. He owns his own business out here in LA. And he um, does... Majority of his work is for like very high-end um, like clientele. And so out here in like out here in celebrity land, I was like, what am I saying? <laughs> that just like randomly came out. Um, so he, anyway, he was like on Rodeo Drive. Um, or no, I'm sorry, not Rodeo Drive, Sunset. Uh, it's like this, have you been to LA like on Sunset? It's like where all the like fancy clubs are and they have- Oh, I stayed in the movies, yeah. Okay, so my dad was doing work on like some uh, retail store or something on Sunset. And he would go and like, get, this is like when magazines were popular. He would go and like get like these workout magazines. And one day he came across and saw my face on the cover of one of these magazines, which was in the adult section. And I, oh my God, I, I wish that I could like go and like grab him and take him away from that stand because you never know like when they're going to put your stuff out, you know, like they don't announce it. So anyway, it was like some porn magazine. And the good thing about that is a cover. 
like they cover the bad parts, right? And they put it in plastic. So he bought the magazine and he brought it. Why? Why? I mean, I guess if you think about it, if you saw your kid, you would buy the magazine, right? Yeah. I mean, if it was one of those magazines, I would have pretend like I never saw it, but I, I, he brought it home and I didn't have the heart to tell him, you know, cause it's like your dad. And the last thing that he wants to hear is that your daughter is like doing that, you know? And so he brought it home and he was like, Oh, I found this, um, at the, you know, magazine stand today. I just wanted to, maybe you wanted it. I didn't open it, you know, I didn't, but I just didn't, maybe you wanted it. And I was like, Oh my God. Ah! like the worst feeling right so like the moral of the story here is like no matter what it is like so shannon's example is obviously super extreme right there's two morals of the story here that i'm thinking of um first of all don't send text messages you shouldn't be sending because who the heck knows who's going to end up getting those text messages um you might lose your job your dad might see naked pictures of you um moral number two your parents always find out like yeah. your parents oh, yeah. literally always find out. I can remember when um, I was, I can't remember if I was 16 or 18 and I'm, I'm thinking I was 18, um, but I still lived at my parents' house because I went to community college um, before I, I graduated high school at 16. So I went to community college first. And so um, I worked at Chili's when I like first like started working there and after that, I wanted to work at a bar because I wanted to make more money than a waitress makes at Chili's. But my parents were like, you cannot work there. You're not working there. That's terrible. You're not going to do it. And obviously, y'all know me. I did it anyway. And so I would keep my like apron that I wore um, inside my glove box in my car so they wouldn't find out. I don't know where they thought I worked. This is so many years ago. But I go up to this table that I'm supposed, I'm a cocktail waitress. So I go up to the table that I'm supposed to be waiting on. And the table is my mom's secretary and all of her coworkers. And I'm like, ah, and just like turn around and left. Obviously, they never told my parents. I can't believe they didn't tell my mom. So like a couple weeks passed and my mom hasn't said anything to me. So I'm thinking like, okay, I'm totally in the clear. Nope. What I didn't think about is when you have a job and you get your like paycheck thing to do taxes at the end of the year, they mail that to your house, right? <laughs> so they mail it to the house. My dad gets it and he's so mad. He's like, should I be expecting something from Hooters too? You're like, shut up, dad. <laughs> Point being, your parents are going to find out. Like whatever it is, just go ahead and confess it. They're going to find out. Might as well tell them. It's so true. I totally think that that is such a true thing. I did so many things. Like everything that my mom told me not to do, I did. I learned everything the hard way. And if I could go back, I'm like, man, I wish I would have just listened to my mom because she was trying to save me so much of this, like, you know, heartache, trouble. And I just, I'm just the type of person that's got to learn the hard way, you know? Same, dude. Everything was the hard way. I didn't listen to my mom on any of it. Yeah, I know. Um, 
but now I do like now as an adult, if my mom tells me something, I'm like, okay, fine. I'll listen this time. Cause I know I don't need to learn these lessons again. Yeah. I've already learned these lessons. Yeah. yeah. You know what I think? I think that like one of our next episodes coming in the future, I feel like I just want to like interview you the whole time to get to know you and your story more. I feel like I need to do the same thing. We need to interview each other. Maybe our next couple episodes after our guest can be this. So do not miss the next episode. And remember, ladies, authenticity is your superpower. Stay unapologetically yourself. And let's continue embracing our uniqueness together. Make sure you hit that follow button so you don't miss our next episode.